All right, so we are live. Episode uh, thirty-seven. Let's uh, let's talk here a little bit. Uh, I didn't know you took the title of the athlete rap. <laughs> no. Somehow, some way, what was, a way to start off the podcast! Yeah, you don't even say anything; you just go yeah. right to the, the right to the online. No, it's kind shit. of funny because we we, uh, we we're start kind of talking about you know doing a, a little episode, and uh, you know I said, man, we need to talk a little bit about all this controversy right now with uh, athlete athlete rep because years ago mm-hmm. this was a huge thing. This was yeah. like two thousand two three somewhere around there yeah i remember sean ray was on the message boards talking about becoming an athlete rep and the athletes needed a union and this that and the other and i i don't know if he got voted in or you know what at the time like i remember like they were always i wasn't a huge but i was starting to climb up but like people weren't hounding me about hey what's your opinion on this Mm -hmm. and that because i was kind of like establishing myself right i mean i was kind of a self-promoter and you know, that's the crazy thing about bodybuilding is we don't, like, they we don't work with agents. No. And when you talk about, like, athlete reps of, like, our organization, you know, we, we're not a union. And they wanted no. to form a union, if you remember. I do. I remember. And, and uh, there was all this talk about it and people complaining about, you know, what was wrong, what wasn't. And, uh, you know. That's just weird. Somebody's. I don't know. Keep going. And, uh, that's weird. We're here. There's some yeah, shadow yeah. coming up to the door, shaking the door. Yeah. I don't know who this is though. I wonder if he watches a podcast. Well, I don't know if he was supposed to meet Larry or I don't know who it was, but that's funny though. I hope he watches a podcast and be like, damn, I'm the guy that went and fucking yeah, went on. Just make sure. Oh, you know what? I think it might be the toilet guy. <laughs> Should we I put it, it is, yeah. Pause, pause put it on pause. Yeah. We're back in business. All right, sorry. We had, uh, we had a guy coming to fix something in the office. So um, I was talking about, like, uh, early 2000s, we had mm-hmm. a lot of people that were unsatisfied with the way that they were handled. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. So do you remember a little bit about that? Yeah, or? I mean, I, re- I remember a certain portion of it. I remember Sean Ray was talking about it. He was talking about the prize money and the judging criteria okay, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it, Health it, fell around, yeah. it fell around the judging and alternating judges, and it fell around guys not getting paid at the Olympia because not everyone got money that was in the top It was only the top 10, 16. right? Um, yeah, like a lot of guys walked away with no money. Mm-hmm. And I was one of those guys. Like yeah. first Olympia, I didn't make anything. I finished fifteen out of sixteen. Mm-hmm. But it's funny. I talk a lot about what the Olympia was, and we had a, a quick conversation today about that. Uh, there's a lot more shows, so a lot more people are getting yeah. qualified in the point system. It's difficult because, you know, when you had a limited amount of shows and you qualified like the top three or five in these contests. Mm-hmm. You know, you did have a limited number that would go to the Olympia. And, of course, you're going to have people that don't show up, right? Yeah. But now with all the divisions, the Olympia is under a huge, huge pressure point to, you know, because they finance everyone to come in, yeah. right? It's got to be a huge number if you're if you're flying in. Especially the European people or international. We have a ton of stars now coming from Middle East. What is there, nine divisions? Yeah. So you got to fly in all these people. And, and this year particularly – it's not a 12-month season. It's like 15 months because the Olympians in December compared to last year was it October, mm-hmm. I think. So you have extra time 
that more people are going to qualify. So you could hypothetically, if you won the Romania last year, you qualified for Olympia last year or this year. And if you win Romania this year, you're going to qualify for the same Olympia. So two mm -hmm. people can qualify from the same show and the Olympia has to absorb it, that. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a huge cost. It's a, it's a big cost. Yeah. So, I mean, we were, I mean, back, back in my era, man, we had like Arnold classic night of champions, like they had a Toronto show. They had Miss San Link. Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco, Iron Man. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was like you had a season, and then you had mid-season, which is like the Night of Champions, which is now New York Pro. And then you'd have basically like the fall would be the Olympia, September. And so then they a really tour afterwards. Yeah, and they wouldn't have shows like the Tampa Pro or these places mm -hmm. that you could qualify last Tampa, minute, right? Texas, California. There's like seven or eight shows in Europe this year. Yeah, there's two in Italy. There's one or two in Spain. There's a Hungary show. There's uh, the Arnold UK. Dubai has a show now this year. Yeah, which is crazy. Which I want to talk a little bit about that in a minute. But I do want to. I want to talk a little bit. We just had the Vancouver Pro, okay. and we have covered these shows. So I want to talk a little bit. Although mm -hmm. that lineup wasn't super deep. Ian Vallier won his. It, it won yeah. his qualification. Right, yep. he requalified yep. because he was out of the top five last year. Um, what he finished seventh, I think. I think seventh eighth. last year. Yeah. So uh, impressive. What do you think? Yeah. No. I mean, he uh, he did what he had to do to win. I think the, the 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 shock of the show was how great Antoine looked. Yeah. Considering he had a bicep tear and he had some setbacks, but for him to come back and look as good as he did, I I thought everyone thought Ian would just go just wipe it. the floor with yeah. everybody, and he didn't wipe the floor from the scorecard. Antoine actually scored a first-place vote against yeah, him. Yeah, and, and I think Antoine was in his best shape ever. And, yeah. you know, there's been a lot of circumstances surrounding him. And mm -hmm. I remember, you know, he was on a run when he won the Cal here. Remember when it was in Vegas uh, during the during the uh, pandemic stuff. And uh, he came on strong, man. Like, he yeah. was probably in the best shape he had been in. Uh, he fared very well. But I feel Ian improved a lot. Like, I feel he has some body parts and I mean, I don't know what, it, what it is. I mean, I know some people think he's, he's closed in a little bit on his poses and uh, not as maybe the confidence level, but I think he's getting momentum now where he realizes where he stands. I mean, he's legit, you know, one of the top contenders at the Olympia yeah. and he's big. I mean, for his height, I mean, he was wide. He's over 260. Yeah. I mean, he has a lot of knockout shots and his condition was on point and, you know, he's one of these guys that showcases this on the internet. He's not afraid to show what he has going on, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, I appreciate. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, and he's super active. You know, he trains really hard. And, uh, you know, he's going to solidify himself back on the Olympia stage. Yeah, look, to me, it looked like he um, he always had little areas that he had to work on, and it seems like he's kind of polished off those areas. So now I'm assuming his next show will be the Olympia. Now we'll see. All that hard work he's that he's doing put in Texas. I don't. I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe, yeah. Texas, or I'm not sure if he is or isn't. But it looks like those little gaps that he had. It, he's gotten a little. He's just slowly getting better, and that's what you need to do at that at that top level. Where so. do you think um, Antoine improved? Besides conditioning, I, I think I think it was just more the conditioning aspect than anything. Because he's always he's not he's a big dude. Yeah, it's not like he's giving up much size. I mean, I mean, he held his own from the legs down. He was he was right there. Leg his legs are crazy. He's always been great. Yeah, I, th I think if he has another, I hope he does another show right away because he could win. He, I don't know if he's doing, I, I didn't see his name on the Chicago list. 
this weekend, which he should do it because he'd have a very good Who's chance. Who's the front of runner for that contest? Uh, Andrea, I think Munsi. Okay, I would assume he's one of the front runners because he just got second, I think. Yeah. The, the and then show. when is Texas? And when uh, is Tampa? Tampa is the first weekend of October. It's the so there's two weeks or in between. August. First August, week of yeah, August, yeah. yes. It's it's the week after the USA's, and then Texas is a week after. So in the next what four weeks, we have three open pro shows. It will, including, well, five weeks we had Vancouver. So we have, we got a lot of shows here. So we're going to see some of these guys, you know, get more people qualified for the Olympia. You're still surprised that more people aren't jumping in these contests? I, you know, I, I, yes and no. You know, it's, uh, there's a lot of shows now. And I'm assuming guys before where they would want to get that qualification right away, they have a lot of options now. Like we still haven't seen Kuklo, we still haven't seen uh, Sergio. Um, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing some other guys, but I, I don't think that uh, the guys like feel that. Is Roly? The Roly, yeah, Roly hasn't either. But I just I don't know if anyone has to jump in right away, where they look at it and strategically say, "Hey, man, there's there's still ten more shows this year, and whatever show I go into, I'll probably win." So maybe they're taking a little extra time, and I don't know if they're playing chess and you not know, trying. You know, Andrew Jacked, I think, is doing Texas. Is he? And he's going to do Arnold UK also. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how well he'll do. I mean, we haven't seen him next to. Uh, I have uh, high hopes for him. You know. Yeah, I mean, he's got a, obviously he's got uh, a phenomenal a genetics, physique. Yeah. He's got a crazy genetics. We just have to see what he looks like next to some some because the the Arnold UK is going to have a uh, 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 Hollingshead. I would assume is the front runner. Nathan's not doing it right. No. Nathan's he's already qualified for the Olympia, so he's just holding out and going to do the Olympia. So we'll see how he does over there. there. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's there's a ton of shows in Europe this year. Way more than I can ever remember. Is the Yamamoto show a pro show? Yeah, there's the Yamamoto shows in September. There's another one in September in Italy. There's the one in Nice, France, the week after the Arnold so UK. When when is it limit at the Olympia where you just like have too many guys? I actually spoke about this with someone the other day. Oh, how many how many is a limit? I, I have no idea. Like, what if you have 25, 30 guys? And they per, they very well could. I mean, I don't know what the list is at now, but five from last year. Regan already qualified from last year. Samson qualified from last year. Nathan qualified from last year. So those top five plus that, you had eight people on the turn of the year. So, and I'm assuming there, I don't know, I don't remember if there's other shows afterwards. It was like 15, 16 when I was Yeah, I mean, there's a Korea show. There's, there's, I have no idea. There's, I would assume there's going to be more than 20 guys this year. All right, so let's go back to, wait, I know it's been discussion, and I know that all the guys hit you up about, yeah. We nominated you as the athlete rep. What's what is an athlete rep? I mean, what do you, what what do they? What is everyone looking for? For a person like, are they looking to go against the organization, or what do you think? Well, in, in my opinion, and why would they nominate you? I mean, obviously you have your your finger on the pulse in the business, right? I mean, you are called manager Matt, right? Mm-hmm. And we kind of laugh about that sometimes yeah. because. Like I, I called you the gambler in the beginning, right? <laughs> yeah. I didn't. It wasn't always manager Matt, and no. you. Kind of I was always manager role. Matt. Then you just didn't call me that because you were in a different field. Yes, yes. Um, you know how long you had the email? The Matt at manager Matt, probably yeah. a decade. Really? Yeah, I've probably a decade. I mean, I had a, a so Yahoo since one. bodybuilding, you've had it. I've had it before then. Oh, okay. oh, I was I was back in, I want to say around oh four. 0405 is when I kind of someone just started calling me that and it just kind of stuck or you know just that's it yeah so here it is um 
if somebody really wanted an actual rep, their job is to push back on the on the organization to get. I know, what's but what best. is what is people looking for today versus? Uh, why is this topic of conversation just because um, wasn't someone brought up? I mean, Chicarillo was. I think. I think. I think Fuad in uh, said some comments about saying the athlete, the current athlete's rep isn't represented. I know, but do, is there even a current one? That's the question. From what I understand, Bob, you know, Chicarillo. Well, he never was really, he was kind of put in that place. And, you know, we talk about, I know there's been discussion, yeah. what has he done? Mm-hmm. And obviously he's done a lot for divisions and everything course, else, yeah. right? Creating he's, he's done opportunity. A, he's done a lot more than a lot of the guys give him credit it's just, for. It's what you've done for me lately. Yes. That's the problem with of course. business, right? You know, I, I don't know the exact answer why this is coming up now. Um, I wish I did, but just, you know, I've, I haven't listened to everything, but listening to some of the stuff, it just seems like guys are more frustrated and they probably want to have more of a seat at the table. And I think with anything, if, if you have a seat at the table, as long as people work together, you, you can come up with things that, that the athletes want that the organization might say, hey, that's, that's, they're the league might say, that's a good idea, but nobody's ever brought it to them like that or presented it to well, them. Well, I think, you know, they were talking about the background at the shows, like yeah. it should be black instead of having like the f- mm-hmm. advertisements. But that's, that's unfortunately part of what has happened to bodybuilding. It's yeah. become more of a business yeah. than a, a typical bodybuilding show. I mean, I remember we'd go to these events even the olympia when it was at mandalay bay the expo was super small that wasn't like the whole thing was about a contest yeah and we only had men's and women's bodybuilding at the time so you came for the show yeah but now it's turned into vendors putting money up for sponsorships you know having a bigger production which they need mm-hmm. and i'm in agreement. like i think you know someone like myself who's retired and i, I mean i looked at myself the best light mm-hmm. My first Olympia I won, I had a back, back, black background on the prejudging. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I did the Ironman, I had a black background in prejudging. Mm-hmm. There's no question that a prejudging should, like, shouldn't be, like, unfortunately, like at the Olympia last year, you know, it was a ton of bright lights behind the guys, right? It definitely takes away from what they are. Do you, right? think, do you think in your, and I don't know the answer to this, but do you think in your professional opinion that, the judges don't see things for what they are if there is a bunch of light I, I in the background? Can't, I can't speak because I'm not a judge. I yeah, never want to be a I. judge, yeah. nor do I want to critique how a judge judges. I mean, if when I was competing, I always, you know, when I won, I always thought the judges were right, and of course, when I <laughs> lost, right? And let's yeah. be transparent, right? <laughs> yeah. But I think, you know, listen, I mean, looking back, like the show started with a black background. Mm-hmm. Like, I can understand that, but... I think it's different from today today versus yesterday when mm-hmm. they were fighting for switching the judges out. I mean, you have to have experienced judges there, right? Of course. Um, and I also think that, you know, people want to talk about uh, health insurance. And I think people are looking for someone to bring more opportunity to them mm-hmm. versus like, hey, man, this is kind of like uh, you have to get after it yourself. You do. And I mean, that's one of those things where when I started out, like granted, I was like on the position board to get a contract Mm -hmm. today you kind of like you're kind of on your own of course the prize money is bigger than ever especially for the first mr olympia uh but 
you need to go out there and pump up social media. I just think a lot of people are either not as tuned with social media or, and there's some people that just dominate in that level. I think it's just like anything else in life. You get out of it what you put into it. And there's a lot of people that see someone else's success and they ask, why don't I get that success? Instead of looking at them saying, what are you doing that's different? You know, uh, for me, you know, I represent a, a decent amount of people and I represent people for a reason. I, I can't, I, I, the easiest way for me to describe this is I'm kind of like a firekeeper. I have all the gas in the world. I can make this fire as big as possible, but you have to have the fire going and you have to keep it burning as I put gas on it. And a lot of people come to you or they're looking at someone else's fire that's burning and saying, why can't my fire burn? Well, if I bring the gas to you and your fire's out, I can't do anything. I can't create something from nothing. You have to put it, you have to want it more than I do. And the problem is nowadays, a lot of people don't want to put in the fucking work. And that's the truth. They're, they're, they don't want to put in the effort. They're lazy with what they do. And I know when I say this, people are going to get offended. But you and I talk about this all the time. Like somebody could pitch themselves to your brand or another brand. And I can look at their social media and dissect it and tell what type of person they are. Are they posting a bunch of still pictures that do nothing? Are they actually taking the time to describe what they're doing? Are they, are they educating their consumer? Are they asking their consumer for sales? Are they teaching their consumer or, or their, their fan base about what they have to offer? Or are they doing the bare minimum? And we all know there's a bunch of people that do the bare minimum. If you're one of these people that if your sponsor says post this, and if you say text me what you want me to post and you copy and paste it and post it, you don't have any value because that's lazy as hell. You should describe it coming from you so your fans know it's from you, so they know it's authentic. And I, and I can say this in front of you because I watch you do it. You know, I'll send you something and you'll say, hey, what do I have to discuss? I can just send you the bullet points and then you look at the bullet points and you post something or you put some type of marketing out that reflects those points. But you never say, tell me what to post and I'll copy and paste it. That, that, that doesn't do anything. So I think there's a lot of people out there that just, they don't want to put in the work. And if you don't put in the work, you can't expect to you know, reap the benefits from the rewards. I know, but they expect, um, you know, obviously someone to go to bat for them. Of as course. As far as, you know, these, these contests. I mean, you know, unfortunately with the promotional side and being a promoter myself on the amateur level, it's just really not cost effective. I mean, for you know, some of these things to happen the way that they do, right? Yeah. I mean, we need sponsors, of you course. know, you need production value because you need to put people in the seats. Of course. So I understand why the Olympia um, does what the stage that they do or whatnot. I just think, you know, for, for prejudging, it definitely should be a little different from the finals, mm -hmm. meaning, you know, the prejudging is really like when the show is judged and all eyes should specifically be on those athletes and what's better than a back, black background, right? Of course. Yeah, I, I don't, I can't, like you said before, I can't speak on it because I'm not a judge and I'm never going to critique a judge. I'm never going to, because I wouldn't want to be in that spot. But if, if it seems to be that across the board, the athletes from past and present are saying, we want this, some type of universal 
something yeah, I mean, other listen, than background. We have, we it can have, be done. We have a, a opposing cadence, like, you know, of front old bicep, you know, front lat spread, you know, quarter turns to the right. You know, it's all the same. Yeah. But that's why I understand, like, you should know what you're walking into, right? Yeah, of course. It's just like the division sequence, mm-hmm. right? Okay, it was at men's bodybuilding will be the finale, like at the Olympia. Like, everything kind of follows a guideline. And I feel like people feel that some of these contests aren't necessarily following those guidelines, and maybe that's what they need a voice for. Yeah, I mean, look, if if, if somebody asked me how, how I think it could they could get uh, – how they could do something more productive, it would probably be taking a, a group of people like yourself, whether it was me or Fuad or Bob or whoever, get a group of people together and say, hey, these are things that could change for the better because if it's better for the athletes, it's better for the industry, period. It's better for the, for the IFBB as well. These are things that can be done that don't cost anything. Mm-hmm. Not like you're saying you have to do this, that, and the other where it's going to cost a promoter 20 or 30 grand, but I do think there could be a, a way to come up with something saying, hey, if you do a pro show, just like you pay a sanction fee, just like all the all the, the poses are the same, you have to be able to provide this. And it's not a, a massive expense. Mm-hmm. But then every time someone goes into a show, it's it's similar, you know, for and but I again, some divisions are different. Like imagine if you have a certain backdrop for the open men and then bikini comes out, and guess what? They're yeah. not judged right there. They're judged when they walk out. So that's and the lighting could be different back there than it is here. Yeah. So I do understand that that with every division it could be different, even though at the end of the day, when it's judged, it's usually on that line. But like I said, take bikini for example. As soon as they turn around, you'll hear Sandy say, "Walk to the back." They're walking out of that light, so to speak. And and I don't know, you know, I'm not a judge, so I don't know if if that could well, be. Well, the lighting has definitely stepped up from the years yeah. past and. You know, unfortunately, we see that pay-per-view TV and mm-hmm. camera angles don't catch the people like maybe they used to in the past, right? Yeah. So I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know the answer. I, I do. So know. would you take the position? No. And and when, when I say this, uh, do you feel you're on an athlete side, or you're with the organization, or are you neutral? I am. Anyone who's ever done any type of work with me knows my job is you to work, find common ground. You work. With the organization, of a lot of these events. Yes. Like, give me an example of what maybe your involvement has been in the past where you worked alongside the organization, but, like, you worked with the athletes at the same time. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if I, if I would work alongside the organization, whether it's bringing sponsors to, to, expo, to events, whether it's bringing talent to events that might not have been there. I've never worked alongside the organization is from the, from the bodybuilding show perspective because that's not what I do. But anytime you do a deal, you always have to understand, and I think this is something that, that is, is lacking in today's society. People always look at where they're coming from, and they never look at the person on the other side and say, I need to understand where they're coming from too. And if you can understand both sides, you can find a way to have a successful negotiation where both people walk away happy. Now, if you're one of these people that does a deal and you, in the back of your head, you're going, ha ha, I fucked them, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? Eventually they're going to realize you fucked them. Yeah. And when they realize that, they're going to make your life a living hell. So instead of, instead of going, hey, I'm going to try to screw you, sit down and say, what are your expectations and why do you have these expectations? This is the reason I have them. These are my expectations, and these are why I have these expectations. Let's find a way to 
Well, you, the, 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 the common ground is, is like you have athletes, obviously, and then you have, you know, you never want to like burn the, you will be looking out for the organization of at course. the same time as you're looking out for the athlete. And if yes. they don't, if they don't mesh. It's a problem. Yes. So like if someone comes to you and says, I want to sign with this, you know, supplement company, you know, they're a huge sponsor at the Olympia. Like you're not going to just basically put that person there because you're like, oh, you know, they like people used to believe that, okay, they, they title sponsor, sponsor the Olympia. That means mm -hmm. they're automatically going to get a, a better look. Correct. Yeah. yeah. No, I would, I would, no, I would never do that. You, you have to pair people with, with brands that work for them. Not every brand would work for Jay Cutler. Not every brand would work for Regan Grimes or Yurishna or Angelica or Dana Lynn Bailey. You have to look at what the brand's needs are and what they want and what they're looking for and find somebody who can fulfill those needs. But also those needs that need to get fulfilled from that brand, it has to be something that is comfortable and natural for that person. So there's, and I, and I kind of pride myself in this. I've been, you know, a lot of people don't know my past from two industries. I've literally done thousands of contracts between the music industry and the fitness industry. I can count on one hand how many times those contracts did not reach the end. One hand. And, and probably two because or- Because of whose fault? Sometimes it was the athlete doing something they shouldn't have done. Or a, or a faulty clause in or the contract. Or faulty clause in the contract. Or a lot of times it's just- People sign a contract, and I always tell people this, you can sign a contract, it doesn't mean anything. It all depends on the intent on the other end. So you could have a contract for a million dollars. Okay, are you going to get the money? Well, if not, what are you going to do? I feel a biggest mistake that people make, though, is they never have an attorney look at their contracts. Yes. Even with the people that I work with, you know, my, my lawyer was the NFLPA's lawyer. He would know more about or this type of stuff yeah. than, than any of us. And... Anytime I look through a contract, there's always some clauses that I'm not 100% familiar with. Mm -hmm. So what I'll do is I will forward it to him and say, hey, these, these 10 pages, nine of those, I understand it. It's, it's typical stuff what they're looking for. But this right here, this is legal shit that I don't, I could probably understand it, but I still want someone to look it over. Even when, you know, I've done stuff for you. Now, let's, I, want, I was just thinking as you were saying this, like how many deals have come across my plate? It, um, Unbelievable amount. Like it's way more swing of like deals we did not do versus deals done. It's probably right? in the single digits how many you do. Actually in the under 1% how many yeah. you do because you've only done a small amount. But even, even when we do something with you, you'll forward me the contract. I'll look through it and I'll highlight a bunch of stuff. And where does it go next? It goes to Corey because that's, yeah. he, that's his lane. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what I know. And in one, at one point, it kind of, this made me feel good. I remember we did a deal and I read through the whole thing and I remembered sending it to him. And I said to you, I said, I think it's good. And I was waiting for him to hit, hit us back yeah, and go, yeah. this is wrong. This is wrong. And he's like, no, it's good. And I was like, Holy shit, man. I, I I know, but you've developed this reputation now. So why, I mean, listen, they honestly were like manager Matt should be the rep. I think it's because the most, most of the most valuable talent I do stuff with. And, and I know when I say this, it'll probably, a lot of people don't know this, but probably the biggest deals in the industry I've done and both sides are happy. 
And I biggest think biggest deals for who athletes for athletes, for, yeah. athletes, sponsors, all yeah. kinds of stuff, you know, and I just, so I, when I say, you you know, obviously you worked with sponsorships for mm-hmm. like say the Olympia or Arnold yeah. classic, right? Those kind of relationships. Yeah. I mean, you've worked with all that. Yeah. I, I mean, of course. I mean, and, and I've brought some of the largest sponsors to some of these expos and, yeah. and a lot of people don't know I did these deals, but I, I don't need anyone to you know tap me on the back. I can quietly do stuff and the people around me know like well you stick your chest out pretty far here like yes well yeah with you yeah yeah, yeah. yesterday but, yeah. but i can talk openly with you i was like yeah. i just did another fucking <laughs> massive deal and i'm the best there is but i don't uh you've got a gift to gab bro well and that's maybe to. why i mean you've obviously developed these relationships and yeah like see i don't view you like that because obviously no. our relationship goes like way be, back be back beyond 20 years. you being like yeah. the manager guy. Right. Yeah. I didn't even know what the hell you really did. Right. So see you even, even cause back, I wasn't in that industry. No. I mean, I, I, I built my way up in the music industry from nobody to one of the top agents in the industry. So music versus bodybuilding. Like, is there a person in music that's like what I a do rap or no, like a, or is it just agent to, nope. You're on your own. Okay. You're on your own. Well, there is. There, one of my mentors in the music industry, and people could Google her, her name's Wendy Day. She runs the Rap Coalition. Mm-hmm. And she was a mentor of mine in the very beginning. She's the woman that she runs a nonprofit. If you have a bad deal, she has lawyers and herself that come in and get you out of these deals. Or she can help negotiate deals for you for a percent, and that money goes into her nonprofit. And she's there, but for the most part... Just like this industry, if you want to be successful, you have to build your team around you because it's just like anything else in life there. Nobody's going to do anything for you. You have to go after it on your own. And I think a lot of people might look at me as that person because they see what I do for the people that I'm connected, that I'm with. And some of my people are the more successful people in the industry. And that's not because I mean, a lot of times they, they work hard. I'm not saying everyone else doesn't, but they understand They understand the goal and they understand if, if I want Matt to go get me this big contract, I need to do this, 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 and this. And the people that I surround myself around or the, the athletes that I choose to work with, they all have this similar work ethic. You know, I was telling you this earlier when we were on the phone. The people that are around this industry that are multi, multi-millionaires, whether it's you, whether it's Dana and Rob Bailey, whether it was Aaron Singerman, any of these guys, if I communicate with them, they get back to me almost immediately unless they're tied up with something. If I need something from you or if I need something from any of these other people, I don't have to ask twice. They get it done. But there's a whole lot of people out there that bitch and moan that they don't get these big contracts and they're not getting these looks and they're not... And if I message them about something, they won't respond for you three days. Call them out. <laughs> I, you have the, the list would be endless. Like, I, and this is stuff I deal with on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you could say to someone, "Hey, can you post this? Uh, can I do it next week?" Like, what do you mean next week? Like, do it. This is what this is what you're getting paid to do. Yeah, listen, we were. It was a it was a magazine era back when all this controversy was going on, and now, I mean, we're in a social media world. Of course, and you have to move. You have to be able to uh, move with the times. And a lot of people don't want to do that. They don't, they don't see the trends. They don't, see, they don't see what's coming 
you know, over the Do hill. Do you remember how much controversy used to be on the judging, though? You don't see that anymore. No, no, no. It used to be bad. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I, you know. I mean, there's not a lot of shows that I've been to that is like, oh, that was a really bad decision. As far as, I, I, th- I mean, it hasn't been that way since 2001. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, I, I can see that. I would say the, the vast majority of the times that we go to shows and we look at it, yeah. You and I will say, hey, who do you have one, two, three? And we'll look at the one, two, three. And usually it comes out the way we thought. Um, maybe back in the day it didn't. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the judges for the most part, you know, I mean, it, especially in open men See, in 212, I'm, they get I'm, it right. I'm a little deeper now because I promote these events and I'm close to Steve Weinberger and obviously Jim Mannion because now I'm on the other side and I'm not in the competition phase. So I spend quality time with these guys. And I feel like... You know, they've developed a great team now and, you know, Tyler being involved and mm-hmm. like they have their judges that travel to certain events and they seem to always put, you know, someone if, you know, if it's a foreign event, they'll have a person there that has, you know, the knowledge of the judging procedures. Right. Yeah. So I feel the protocol is a lot better. So, you know, people still cry about health insurance and oh, it's not a healthy sport or whatever else or business. Um, but, you know, listen, we've always been responsible for that. I mean, of course. how many times have you been in and out of insurance, even in normal in my life? life? Well, no, yeah. it's, it's just part Especially of the Especially when, when you're a entrepreneur and you're self-employed, right? Yeah. I mean, you move from state to state. You when, I, when, I moved, insurance. when I moved here, I didn't have insurance for like three months because yeah. I couldn't, they couldn't get it for me because yeah. I had to get it from the health, the mm-hmm. Nevada Health Link. And I had to wait. And I'm like, well, can I get it now? They're like, well... You, you have to enroll in this time. And I'm like, so I have no insurance for three months. So what I did was I kept my insurance back in the last state I was in. And if something would have happened, I would have had to fly back there. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that's just more personal responsibility. You know, now, could they set something up where you say, hey. Well, there could be a service that says, yes. hey, we'll give you, you know, that definitely is. I think that they actually came up with that at one they point. They could. You know, I, I, I do think you could, you could go in if you could go into certain uh, certain company and say hey look man we got a pool of of 2000 professional athletes um Problem what type US, of rates can US we based you know yes us based this wouldn't work for what internet. type of you know what type of rates can we work out but again what company is going to look at this and say well, what's the average height and weight mm-hmm. well the average height is 5 foot 9 and 290 pounds they're going to be like well no yeah. you know so but i'm i'm sure they could figure out something something to do with the athletes but i hope uh I hope in the near future that a lot of the guys realize and, and take notes. And I always tell everyone I ever work with, I always tell them to take notes from you and take notes from Dana Lynn Bailey. And the two of you have not competed and you're approaching a decade. I mean, I know you competed in 2013, but that was more, you yeah, did it to do it. a decade. Yeah. Dude. But the last time you were serious was 11 mm. years ago in 2011. Yeah, yeah. And you're still at the top. And Dana is still at the top, and she hasn't competed since, what, 2014, 2014 or 15? Yeah. And she's still at the top on the female side. And there's something you guys do. You guys are super active on your social media. You're super informative. You're constantly putting out content. I travel a lot, man. You yeah, know. you do. And, but you find a way to keep yourself relevant every day. Like you and I just got done training. We're a sweaty mess. We went to the gym and trained, and what happened while we were there? Filmed a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, send it to the social media it, guy. Yeah, yeah. Send it to you. Like, we always do this. When Dana trains, like, even when I go up there and visit her and Rob, 
she'll I'll meet her at the gym. We're going to go train. She gets her half hour early and she's got a tripod set up and she's filming stuff to put on her app. Mm-hmm. And she's doing that before she trains. Every day she does this. Yeah. So you just have full-time to full-time bodybuilding. Just oh walked my God, in. Full-time. Yeah, yeah, we're recording right now. <laughs> full-time no, bodybuilding. Of course. Come over here for a second. We want to get you come stand over behind me. Come over this way. So the full-time bodybuilder just walked in. We're talking about the athlete rep. Have you heard uh, the news? With Bob and Fuad? Yes. Yeah, I saw that. What do you think? I don't know, man. I just, I, I, to be honest with you, I didn't even know Bob was still doing it. I know he was. Well, doing he wasn't. It. He was never appointed. I mean, it, like he was, he just kind of fell into that place. Right. Yeah, because Sean, Sean used to be the first one, yeah. Ray. And then that didn't work out, and so bad Bob kind of just you know took the didn't, place. Didn't but. Craig Titus try to do it back? He in did. Yeah, I remember that. Really? Well, yeah. <laughs> we were just saying how long ago it was, and we were just kind of talking about because I don't know if you knew this. So on Fuad's podcast, they all text manager Matt at the same time, and like we want you to be the athlete's rep. So I'm asking him, like, okay, what do they want at this point? They want you to be the athlete's rep. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Wow. What a fucking nightmare! <laughs> yeah. I thought Fuad wanted to do it. Uh, maybe that's i mean i don't know i mean i i haven't really followed the news as much but you know we we always listen you've been around it since i kind of started my reign right and he same time as him really yeah we've always kind of been around each other but like the complaints you know we we kind of were saying that people have to kind of create their own opportunities at this point yeah wow okay yeah that's interesting i don't know where it's at i know bob had a rebuttal and then I don't know if who I uh, answered that or not, but oh god, yeah. So we just wanted your opinion. Right. Okay, we're wrapping up in a second, so we're gonna finish up. Don't Sorry, leave though, okay? Don't leave. You know what we need to do? We need one of these episodes. We need to put the full timer on. Yeah, he's yeah. You know what? In the near future, here, Dave, you're gonna be the one of the next guests. Okay. We need the we need the full bodybuilding story. Like, well, the, dude, the, he little he lived in the car. You know what? I didn't realize, Dave. I read Ed Connor's book. On um, the plane this weekend, you know, his uh, three mus- uh, musketeers. And I didn't realize that Van Dam slept in a van. Yes. I didn't realize that. I know. And Dave came down with, how much money did you have, 400 bucks? Yeah. He had $150 in bald tires. Right, you had ball tires. That's more than I have now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, we just wanted to, you know, we wanted to come on and talk a little bit about yeah. this. We're gonna have um, some really good stuff coming up. Yeah. I know that we talked about having another guest. Of course, we're gonna get Dave in here to. I still want him to tell his story on the podcast. Yeah. No. No. We, we need a unique we need, story. We need and it's just we need the full bodybuilding story from from conception to to modern day. Look at that smile. He knows. We're going to get deep. So, um, yeah, so for episode 37, we appreciate you guys so much. You guys want to comment what, if you think Matt should be the athlete rep or, well, you know, what his, he's already kind of made I his think, decision. I think you should be the athlete No, rep. no, I can't. I'm, Why not? I'm, they, you're respected. Because you know what? I, I'm kind of like, I'm on the organizational side. Yeah. So, and I had a fend for myself, so I re- really don't want to have to say, you know, Oh, they need a spokesperson for this. I mean, you had to yeah. kind of create your own opportunity. But please comment below, um, share the video, make sure you like, um, and also subscribe. So yes, sir. Check We're it out. out. Just just in time. No, we left it open because the guy just came to uh, the guy just came to.